Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. You're not Evan. No, but I could be. Aren't we all a little bit Evan inside? Oh my God, he knows already. <laughs> Actually, he knows the meme. Evan's a state of mind more than he's an actual person. Oh, yeah. Okay, Evan. cool. I made that up. <laughs> that fit perfectly. Oh, great. We, I did good. <laughs> we've never actually met Evan. So uh, we won't get into who you are. This is just new Evan. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Hi. <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. I'm Steve Dangle. Steve Dangle of the, what is it? Uh, uh, Sportsnet, Steve Dangle Podcast. Steve Dangle Podcast. That's no, that's not it. That's not where I know you from. I it's... got a book. Uh, um, you're Mrs. Dangle's husband. I am. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I am the co-owner of Iggy and Charlie. Iggy and Charlie, yeah. who are what kind of dogs? Golden Doodles. Oh, man. Well, Iggy's half Calgary Flame. Well, and he is. And don't forget my number one claim to fame. First NHLer I ever met in grade two was Chris Traper. Right, right after the 97 Cup or the 98 Cup? No, this was uh, after he got gooned by Claude 96. Lemieux. Oh, yeah. my God. So the... The, the, the start friggin, of an era. Yeah, the blood, the blood feud happens. And so I grew up... A lot of people don't know this, but I... Uh, the Red Wings were my second team for, like, most of my childhood. And there was a time where I liked them as much, maybe even more than the Leafs. Mm-hmm. There was... Because... Right as that era was beginning, the Leafs were starting to go down a little bit, and I think they went like three straight years without making the playoffs. But um, my grade two teacher, who was evil, brainwashed us all because he was a Habs fan. Ew. And he previously taught Chris Draper. Chris Draper's obviously older than me. but uh, So when he was new in the NHL, I guess, whatever that year was, I was in grade two. So we're all watching that series with bated breath and the Red Wings just, you know, set this record and, you know, we're fully on board. Lemieux hits him from behind. And it's all we talked about the next day at school. It's all we talked about. We wrote him get well letters, sent him to the hospital. Uh, I called him Clud Lemieux because I watched Bugs Bunny. And I'm like, Clud, that's something like Yosemite Sam would call someone. Like, I, I almost called him a varmint. Don't let that varmint Claude Lemieux get in your way or whatever. So we sent him all these uh, all these uh, get well soon letters, and he visited our class. Like, he still had the goatee from the playoffs and everything. Oh, it all comes cool. back to Detroit. It really does. Yeah. And then the next year, they won the cup, and he brought it to the Black Dog Pub, which is right up the street from my house. Brought the cup, that is. Oh, that's oh. cool. Not Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux. Not Claude Lemieux. <laughs> the <laughs> insult of his century. <laughs> and then last year, Devontae Smith-Pelly uh, brought the cup to the the same pub because he grew up in the in the same area, like right down the street. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. The only cool Claude Lemieux story I have is um, I was in a lounge at an airport waiting for a connecting flight the one time, and he came in. And nine out of ten times, if an NHL player walks into it and he's just waiting three chairs over for me, I'm going to go say hi and introduce myself. I'm like, the guy I was sitting with, Jeff, actually, I'm just like... Mm-hmm. I think that's Claude Lemieux, and he looks over. He's like, "That's definitely Claude Lemieux." He's like, "You can go say hi." I'm like, "Absolutely not." Absolutely not. Loud. <laughs> no chance, dude. I don't do good with lactose, and like, if I saw Claude Lemieux in an airport and I had time, I would go buy a carton of milk, <laughs> just drink it, and sit next to him. <laughs> because I was indoctrinated from a young age. I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. we have ho- like guest stars who like make nice with our our fans and our listeners, and they're real good at it. Yeah. But oh man, are you proficient? <laughs> <laughs> well, like. 
Well, I mean, I also called Dylan Larkin chicken shit. So, oh, all right. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Okay, now we're friends. Well, that yeah. wasn't the video I guest starred in, though. No, it wasn't. No. Uh, I think that was the... Mm, I think it was the one after. When was that? No, because I said that on the podcast. I can't remember why. It was whatever that incident was earlier this year. Where Bertuzzi suckered... Uh, was yeah. it that one? The sucker punch? Yeah, but... Larkin's the one holding him down, yeah, yeah. and Bertuzzi suckers him, and Larkin gets nothing. And then, you know, so I go on this rant on the podcast, and then the very next game, Larkin buries the OT winner against yeah. the Leafs. Yeah. I'm like, great! Oh, that, was <laughs> cool. a, that was a fun night for the podcast, because I get a tweet like, uh, hey Brad, send something to me for the LFR. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. And then, and then I was telling Steve uh, earlier today, I made the mistake of a week later, I checked in on the videos to see like, oh, that's probably got like a few thousand views, which is when I found out that, or not found out, remembered Steve's videos get like 50,000 views. <laughs> nah. And then I made the biggest mistake of my life. You read the comments. I read the comments. Yeah, don't do that. It's the worst. No. Facebook comments, YouTube comments, are the Reddit's getting there, but those are the two worst places. Oh, Facebook. Oh, I think Facebook's the new champ. Okay, it used to be, <laughs> oh, oh, never read the YouTube comments. No, Facebook's definitely the champ now. Facebook, Facebook is, is, is... Yeah, champ, champ, Conor McGregor style. It's... No, it's bad. YouTube, like, I feel bad because, like, I feel like uh, I've done a good job of being like, listen, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Like, it, like, hey, man, like, you're alienated some listeners by saying this. I'm like, good. Let's, no, let's keep you out on purpose. Like, I don't like you. So, I like, the feedback I get in the comments is usually pretty good. And usually pretty all reasonable, right. so I'm happy about that. So basically, what I'm saying is, all your critics were right. Okay, thank <laughs> yeah, you. They were all correct. They were we, correct. So we've started putting these up on YouTube, and you're down here with us. You know yeah. that we're not working. Our our studio, though similar to yours, has some minor differences. Yeah, I mean, this, <laughs> we're we're in this pro studio, but that's all thanks to like Sugar Daddy Adam. You know, happens to be a, a radio host. Yeah. So Otherwise, do you re- I would love to be in a basement. I know you record in a in a professional studio. Is that at Adam's work or is that at Sportsnet? I can't tell you. Ah, it's top secret. It's I mean, moon. I mean, Adam's the radio host. Okay. It's at Virgin. Okay. Let's okay. just say we'll have to hold his hand across the street later. Yeah, yeah I just wanted yeah, to be yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, we're waiting for. So there's this new. Ever since we moved into that studio, it's like the window squad. So all the comments, the f- comments are fun to read because people will timestamp oh some guy's trying to parallel park at this time <laughs> and people go and watch it so we're waiting for the day we haven't had it yet where someone just goes like from across <laughs> the street and waves we haven't had it yet did you just dox yourself on this podcast yes oh my goodness probably dox us. we have well we also never say when we're recording that's true yeah. that's fair we do that's have true. some some uh, toronto fan listeners and some uh faithful red wings fans who live in toronto so you might get some hey if you guys can get on their the the Steve Dangle podcast with a winged wheel sign, yeah. The dub dub, the, the dumbest nicknames always stick. <laughs> we have tried the winged wheel, uh, the WWP, WWP. We asked you off the cuff the last time you were on the show, and it, it was a Skype call, and you said, uh, the, the no, no, you actually did it just on your own. You're like, oh, it's the, the dub-dub. Happy to be on the dub-dub. And we were I, laughing. That was you. That? You, you accepted the dub-dub. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was you. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, it's good to be on the dub-dub or something like that. Just like kind what of... tick. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know I did that. That's funny. And we were laughing, and then we didn't sit... We, like, made a few jokes that episode, and then that's probably the only nickname that stuck. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, dude, like, our <laughs> listeners for our podcast call themselves the Dangle Navy, and it's strictly because Adam and Jesse came up with a list of potential names, 
And I said, Dangle Navy is stupid. And people went, that's it. <laughs> the one he hates. We want that one. Like The Bell Pepper crew. They could have just as easily have called themselves. <laughs> anything Steve doesn't like. The internet's do easily the worst place in the world. Yes. And also the best. And yeah, because you made best. a career out of it. So yeah. let's dive a little bit into that because you are a unicorn. <laughs> Nobody... In the history of Listen, sports my nose media, isn't that big. <laughs> right. oh, sorry. Right. Nobody in the history of sports media has gotten to mainstream media the way you did. Maybe you're on. Oh, is that you, true? I can't think of another know. one. There might be a basketball YouTuber somewhere, but you're your own archetype in, in hockey media. Let's, so, call, let's say it that way. Okay. So yeah. to so to All give right. so to give the real breakdown for our listeners who don't know Steve's background, I'm going to let him fill in the middle. One day, he got angry at a Toronto Sun uh, headline after the Leafs' first game of the season. Made a 20-second video where he made fun of them and swore a little bit. 16. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And uh, now he's on Sportsnet, the national sports network for hockey in Canada. It's silly. It's really dumb. And it didn't take that long. It was, what, 12 years? That's a long time. That's not... (laughs) In a grand scheme of things, it's not that long. And... uh, it's weird. It's just finally getting to the point where the videos don't feel new. Like, for, for like, the first decade, like, when I got to the 10th year, I was like, wait a sec, I've been doing this for 10 years? Like, it just feels so new, and now I'm like, okay, I've been doing this forever. Yeah. But, like, not that I'm sick of it. Like, it's just, yeah. I feel comfortable in my own skin now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even when I was saying to you uh, when we were at the store earlier... When you asked me to send that clip, I, I like to think I, I can hold the conversation. I can occasionally say something witty, and I can have some hockey insight. I hit record on the camera and just went, "I have nothing to say right now." <laughs> I still do that. I still do that. <laughs> that is a, a feat of modern medicine. Getting Brad to shut up. <laughs> Let me tell you. And and not only are you on Sportsnet now, you're congratulations, a published author of a best-selling book. It's so silly. It's so ridiculous. 450 people came out to Kitchener today. Not downtown Kitchener, like... Uh, a, a small sports card store in the back of a building. Yeah. Mom and pop sports card shop. Line up literally out the door, around the corner, out to the front of the building when it's two degrees outside. Yeah, yeah I couldn't believe it. I Nearly How do you process that? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And people, you know, keep going like, oh, what do, what do you think about it? And I'm like, dude, I don't think about it. Because if I do think about it, I'll freak. Well, even I'll freak out. Even before we start recording, so the people on the pre-show probably will catch a bit of the conversation. Steve was telling us a story about how Peter Mansbridge yeah. recognized you, and you're like, "Oh my God, the TV's talking to me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yet it hasn't registered to Steve because I had to point out to Ryan and I we're sitting here and the TV's talking to us. No, We've seen you on Tim and Sid. You're on Ice Serving. That you- was dumb too. <laughs> they had me on American Thanksgiving. I don't know anything about football. <laughs> and I told them, I'm like, this is a terrible idea. Do you have a but team? In football? Yeah. No. You're a Lions fan now. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, I know Lions enough fan. about football that like, I know they've never won in like forever. In forever. Yeah, yeah, they're like, uh, well, probably since as long as, as uh, Toronto, but don't worry about Toronto's history before. Who has more wins in the last five years, the Lions or the Browns? Lions. Uh, Lions. Lions have been Lions? a decent team. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Good. They've been decent. But just like, I don't, I don't know. Until how. they get to the playoffs, they're the Sharks, circa 2011. Yeah. Ooh. But imagine their first round is the Sharks' second round, and then you've—that's the Lions, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I pretty comparable. You. So you know, you say that, Brad, and I understand it, but 
truly see, like we've had uh, Ron McLean, and that felt like we were talking to like. Was he here? No, no. God, I God no. No, I wouldn't let him be down here. <laughs> I would I, not Ron have. Ron would love it. I think. You think so? Yes, I do. We we it was we actually a listener. <laughs> <laughs> we have a it was a listener, a, a fan of the show actually who um, who connected us. So I I hoping we can connect with Ron. But like that felt like we called and he said, "Hey boys," and I was the one talking. I went. Oh. <laughs> uh. And he knows though. Oh. Like he understands that he has that effect. Um so he just he he powers through like he was we had a good podcast episode uh with him on as a guest despite the presence of us. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I I this awkward I was so awkward and for some reason I made a wrestling reference and it just came out of my mouth. I just went, you like wrestling, Ron? <laughs> and then he rattles off this wicked answer about like, oh, yeah, I used to watch like Alberta indie wrestling. It was owned by the Hart family. I'm like, God, I love you, Ron yeah. McClain. That I was, love you. That was the thing that struck me about Ron the most is he could meet a Zamboni driver in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland for five minutes once in his life. And he'll, he'll remember him clear as day. He'll remember his wife's name, his kids' names. Forever. Everything about it. It's insane. So now I like to live that Ron McLean's out there and somewhere in the memory is the dub dub. The, the dub dub. <laughs> oh yeah, the dub dub. He'll remember you. He'll give you a shout out on Coach's Corner. Ron was a big one. Uh Jeff Merrick was was great. Like he and Jeff was obviously doesn't have no one has the prestige that Ron has, but Jeff also was was huge for us and we were that felt like the TV was talking at us. And like no discredit to everything that you've accomplished, but I honestly Steve is part of our the inception of the 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 nickname dub dub, but the show itself. Well yeah, well I've told you that story, right? Like your podcast is the reason this podcast exists. Oh maybe. I don't know. So, no, I think you're the reason this podcast exists. Well <laughs> No like technically speaking though, technically like, speaking. Like I'll get people going like hey can I do videos about like the Dallas Stars and I'm like yes I don't own being a fan I don't own YouTube do it do it I get mad when people ask for permission I get I feel lonely I want more people to do a video after every game well the way it started for us was when I was on that episode um, with you guys and Ken Reed uh, way back when so I drove down to Toronto for anybody who doesn't know and I was on an episode of the Steve Dangle podcast which I still brag about to this day um, You've been on a couple, I think. No, just the one. Oh, just the one. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to come on another one anytime, get? Steve. Okay, yeah. Um, we have Adam coming on soon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so then I drove as I was driving home, and I was just kind of in my head. I want to do that because there was there was no Red Wings podcast at the time. Like I couldn't find no. one. So no. I'm just like, I want to do that. We're gonna do Red Wings. So I literally threw up a Reddit post in the Detroit Red Wings subreddit. Hey. Anybody in KW who likes the Red Wings want to talk into a microphone. <laughs> Which is, like, the most insane thing. And Ryan and Evan responded. And then so I went out and met up with them at, like, a coffee shop. And I'm like, holy shit, this could work. Well, you met up with one of them. One Evan, of them, Evan's, yeah. Evan doesn't exist. Yeah. He yeah. just floats around. That was when Evan was created. Mm, yeah. The idea of Evan. You can't... The show should just be called Evan. <laughs> it, yeah. It actually got too popular. It got too many <laughs> listens. Evan, we joked that Evan will come in and be like... I spiked like 50 followers on Twitter yesterday. And we're like, yeah, Evan, a lot of stuff happened. We were tweeting off the chain. He's like, I didn't tweet once. <laughs> People love him because he's I still not here. I can't tell if this is a real person or not. Yeah. You know what? We won't spoil it for you. No, I we'll love let, it. We'll let you know when we find out. I love it. I love it. So the, the book signing uh, went well today. You're drained, and we're having you do the podcast. So, yeah, I'm freaking Truly, wiped. thank you. No, uh, but like. I'm powered by coffee. I feel good. Yeah. Started the Deathly Hallows for the third time today. 
of weird talking. I'm jacked. <laughs> oh. How far are you? Hedwig didn't make it. No. Again? Every time? <laughs> Hedwig. We should I'm so add, sad. I'm too sad, actually, to continue Sorry. the episode. That's a huge downer. I know, right? <laughs> that was... That and um, Fred. Well, listen, I, I'm just worried no one's... Or, uh, so, okay. Let me tell you my story. So I listened to Harry Potter, the audiobooks, uh, for the first time last year. And by the first time, I mean for the first time. I didn't read any of the Harry Potter books as a kid. So I got to experience Harry Potter for the first time at, like, 30. With, like, almost no spoilers. Pretty much none. Like, there, there were a couple things. I didn't know how almost any of the books ended. And I remember in high school, I actually saw the Goblet of Fire, but I knew so little of the series that I didn't retain any of it. Like Voldemort comes back and everything. And I, I didn't remember any of it. So to experience it for the first time, oh, it was so good. I so would, awesome. I don't want to ruin that for people. I would trade everything you have oh, for the chance to, to, to read Harry Potter again for the first the time. It's the best. I would so easily trade Brad. Not, <laughs> not Evan. I think not that's like Evan, the fourth no. time I've been traded on this podcast. I often do trade you for things that aren't even up for sale. For a dollar. <laughs> and then he's going to go on and be Chris Draper. You see how it all works? Exactly. The Red Wings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess we got to. <laughs> we, we need advice because there's no fan base in the league who can relate better to what the Red Wings are doing right now than the Leafs. Oh, you Red Wings fans are so adorable. <laughs> you rookies. Yeah. Oh, you think darkness is your ally. <laughs> you think tanking is your ally. I was born in it. Molded by it. I was born in 31st place. <laughs> when there was 30 teams. I didn't know what the playoffs were until I was already a man. <laughs> <laughs> and then the goddamn Bruins got in the way. <laughs> like, no, you guys, the way, the way it's... Uh, I was... I was secretly, sadistically waiting for the longest time for the Red Wings to finally go through this, just because I wanted to see. <laughs> I just wanted to see what a fan base who truly does not understand <laughs> adversity at all like. Yeah. Like just I and it's been great, guys. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we're not handling it well. Yeah, but no, you you did your penance. I think this has been your purgatory. That's it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Just imagine me wearing a mask anytime you think it's done. Ah, you think Tyler Bertuzzi is going to guide you to the cup, do you? Our physical reactions have been something like when you see a Harry Potter character in a movie take a polyjuice potion and yeah. they just start like bubbling in the skin and like yeah. their bones start shifting. Yeah. That's us pretty much after every win or loss because we don't know how to handle any of it. And it's the worst because how do you feel bad after a win? You can't. You can't. No, you but can't. But you do. And if you they can't, but you do. We're at the game tomorrow and I'm going to be deeply upset if they win that game. Who, who's it against again? Buffalo. 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 Oh, jeez. We're trying to out, as you so aptly so tweeted at me yesterday, oh, oh. you're trying to out-tank Buffalo. Yeah, well, so <laughs> the conversation we had was... Who has truly had the worst season? Because it goes so far beyond who finishes last. If Ottawa gives up the first overall pick, well, that's quite the tiebreaker, isn't it? But, like, I watch Detroit games. They gave Toronto fits all year. Uh, like, thank goodness Bernier started both those. <laughs> Otherwise, they probably win both. Mm -hmm. um, 
they're competitive. They're feisty in like every game that I watch that, you know, not a ton of blowouts that I've noticed anyway. Maybe you have more. Not many. Okay. So there's Detroit, Ottawa. You know what? They stink, but their young guys are doing great. Isn't that what a rebuild's about? Like Thomas Shabbat's one of the most underrated players in the league, in my opinion, that whole Eastern bias thing. It's, it's not quite Eastern bias. It's if your team sucks, you also get ignored. Like, (laughs) Uh, Barkov on Florida, you know, sort of thing. He's, mm-hmm. he's been ignored. On that point, quickly, does anybody know that Jonathan Huberto has 90 points this year? Yeah, I found out the other day because of 31 thoughts. I would have guessed 60. Yeah. Like, if you would ask me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's having a solid season. There you go. What? I didn't know he was that high. So, you got all these teams who are doing really bad. Um, oh, LA's trash, too. LA's really bad. So to me, the the team having the worst season in terms of the direction that their team is going, it's either LA or Buffalo. It's not Detroit. Detroit's doing fine. It's no. there. It's this is your regularly scheduled program. Like it'll be all right. Yeah, and and I, and I think some Red Wings fans might not understand that because again, you weren't born in it. <laughs> you just you know you bought all these expensive gadgets and yo, so you want to be the Batman and. Um, you know, your time finally came, but, uh, I think you guys are going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Because truly Buffalo has Eichel and Darlene. It Well, and Darlene's fine, but like you need, you just need more than that. You do need, well, Detroit can identify so many silver linings. We, we keep bringing up silver linings like Larkin, huge step this year. Bertuzzi, huge yep. step this year. You know, they have Nassiu, Chalosky, Hironik, all better than expected years. And still, they need probably two more top pairing defensemen. They need a goalie of the future. They need another top six yeah. center. They need probably another playmaker on top of that. And that's a lot of pieces. Can I say something unpopular? It was right to re-sign Jimmy Howard. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's not that, 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 yeah, yeah. that was our opinion. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought a lot of Red Wings fans didn't like that. Most because it's one year, right? Yeah. We were in the minority of being very happy yeah. about that. One year at $4 million, that was fantastic. Like, that was a perfect that's deal. That's it? Yeah. Oh, come on. Four, yeah, that's fine. There's no risk to it. None. Zero. Zero. No trade Zero. protection either. Oh, it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, so he's in on it. He knows what's going on. 100%. Yeah. And, and Ken Holland's not, it's not hard to twist his arm for a no trade clause. So Jimmy Howard, <laughs> <laughs> that's the most team-friendly deal we've seen for Detroit in the past five, ten years. So it's basically Ken Holland waiting for his price. Because is San Jose nuts not trading for Jimmy Howard? Is yeah, they San Jose traded, nuts? They, I'm trying to think. Nyquist and Howard don't even sound similar. So there wasn't something lost in communication there. Oh, yeah, they were on the phone. Well, how didn't they? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, San Jose's dumb. Well, they were out of picks. They, they didn't have any more first-round oh, picks. Oh, that's true. And I would have taken a 2021 first. We don't need it now. San Jose might be bad by then. Oh, God. Well, oh. And if Martin Jones, you know, is Martin is playoff Martin Jones and pulls a rabbit out of the hat, then, I mean, San Jose's obviously a contender in the West, but... You're banking on that happening for 16 wins, though. For 16 wins for a goalie who all season long has not even given you 900 goaltending. No. Oh, how didn't they get Jimmy Howard? I didn't even think of that. My my favorite thing that comes out of this in a roundabout way is I'm hoping that their penance for not trading Jimmy Howard is a first-round exit. Eric Carlson gets frustrated and then signs with Detroit. Whoa, buddy. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is what we've had to do all year to keep optimism up. <laughs> See, this is so... Uh, even though the Rangers are going through the rebuild, the, you know, every free agent wants to resign there that, that, yeah. or wants to sign there, that 
aura hasn't gone away. It's gone away for Detroit. Big time. A little bit. And I'm interested to see who finally brings it back. You know who, you know when it started going away? Babcock's last three years with the team. Oh, yeah. Free agents stopped wanting to come because Babcock is a notoriously tough coach to play for. Tomas Tatar hated Mike Babcock. Yeah. He really didn't flourish and gain a lot of confidence as a player until he left. Like he did well and everyone saw the potential, but they did not see eye to eye. And a lot, there was a lot going around of. Of, well, I can think of a former defenseman who would tell you a lot of nasty things about Mike Babcock. <laughs> Pack your shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But and you're but it hasn't obviously come back now, which is so unfamiliar. What do we do with our hands? What do you mean yeah. you don't want to sign here? Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll give you two million under your market value. I don't understand what's yeah. wrong. And you guys stole Curtis Joseph. Oh god, that was such a heartbreaking day for me. That was um, bad for everyone involved. Yeah, well, yes, yes, yes. That I was... mean, whatever. Shut up. You got another cup <laughs> eventually. Yeah, a couple more. Yeah, a couple more. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, isn't uh, Leaf fans are starting to turn on Babcock a little bit? Yeah, I think I. Well, the playoffs aren't going to do anything to help that. I'm sure, but the I think stepping back from it all. If you look at a lot of the problems the Leafs have, I don't necessarily think it's Babcock. There are certain things he does that are. I mean, you guys know he's extraordinarily stubborn and it drives me up a wall, but he's shown glimpses of certain things. Like, okay, Ron Hainsey on the top pairs, making me lose my <laughs> he's, mind. He's Jordan Luke Glendening. <laughs> yes, except he's being stubborn. So he's stubborn with his players and won't put them in roles unless they prove like above, above so many levels of reasonability uh, that they deserve it. He's sort of doing that to Kyle Dubas. And Dubas goes out and get uh, gets Jake Muzzin. And Babcock, you know, first thing. He's like, well, Jake Muzzin doesn't shoot right-handed. And I'm like, Jesus, Mike. <laughs> but then, so he takes Hainsey off the top pair. And then what happens, of course, Jake Gardner goes down. And then, like, right after Travis Dermott goes down. But Babcock showed that, oh, okay. Like, he's reasonable enough that he knows that cannot sustain. And, you know, he's made certain concessions here and there. The penalty kill has been pretty mediocre, and the power play, despite all the ridiculous nuclear weapons on it, has been awful. So what I think might happen in the offseason, and there were like, they, they caught on camera like a pretty heated discussion between um, Babcock and, I, I can't remember the name of the assistant coach, Jim Hiller? Jim Hiller. The one who's not DJ Smith. And the one who used to run Detroit's power play. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember him. The least power play should not be as bad as it is. So if there's a coaching change in Toronto, I think one or maybe both of the assistants might be gone. Babs, I mean, it's Mike Babcock. Like, he's he's probably... They're such a good team five-on-five. I think there was... They're still, like, top five in the league in five-on-five goals. Um, I don't think you can pin this on him. It's just that there's certain things he does that drive me up a wall. (laughs) Red Wings fans remember them well. Yes, I'm sure. Agree or disagree? Hypothetically, Toronto goes out first round, maybe second round this year. Yeah. Next season is as good as this one, maybe a little bit worse. Same result next playoffs. Babcock's on the chopping block. Of course. Oh, God. It might not even take that long. No. Um, Jeez, that's that's a ways down the line. It's a lot. It's a lot of hypothetical shit to throw at a Leafs fan. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It is a lot. Well, and you're and you're like, oh, second round exit, and I'm like, woo, the second round, <laughs> you know. So if they went around, like it's what I'm doing. What I'm trying so hard right now is trying to look at things and the way they happen rather than just the way they are. 
So if they get knocked out first round, well, how did it happen? You know, and it's yeah. so. Uh, oh god! It's one thing to get knocked out by Boston. It's another thing to get knocked out by Carolina. Yeah. Wait, is that a 2002 shot that you just threw out there? Or? I'm still bitter. We missed out on the Wings Leafs Cup final that oh. year. All I wanted in my life. That was my favorite cup run. Which is a thing Red Wings fans can say. And I let myself get <laughs> cocky, too, because they went through the two first rounds without Sundin. Without Sundin. Gary Roberts was the heart and soul of that team. Alan McCauley. Alan McCauley. 15 points in 20 games. I just looked this up the other day. His <laughs> career high as a Leaf was nine goals in the regular season. And he had 15 points in 20 games. Um, and uh, I just remember Sundin coming back and going, Oh, look at Carolina. They're a joke. Oh, my God. They're going to the cup final. Where they would have got swept, let's be honest. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that still broke my heart. Where was I going with that? Um, we were on the yeah. Babcock hypothetically getting fired next year. The, the the team is so busted up, banged up. Like, it's, and it's, they've been so healthy for so long. It seems like every day someone new is sick. There's something, I don't know if you got it that bad out here in Kitchener. There was a solid month span where everyone in the GTA was sick. We're getting yep. that now, I think. We've got it. I had it last through. week. Okay, cool. So you guys are getting the... Are they stumble zombies or sprinters? Because Kitchen, that's yeah. basically what the GTA was like. <laughs> Kitchener locals are always kind of stumble zombies, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's how and, we get inflicted. And it's also, difficult. let's not forget, too, I have a tiny person up there, so I'm always the first one to get sick. Oh, I've got the lovely. carrier. So good. So when the epidemic comes, I'll know right away. So Montreal... The good news for them, I don't know when this is going to go up, but the, the good news for them is the Leafs have a game tomorrow that they give absolutely no Fs about. Oh Kadri won't be in it. Muzzin won't be in it. I wouldn't be surprised to see at least another player or two uh, take the night off because there's no point in playing. Everything's take set. Take the days off. Rest up for Boston. It's all Boston, Boston, Boston. And they can beat them. They can. I think they can beat them. I think this year is so much more different. Uh, than years past. The Bruins are not what people think the Bruins are. They have a lot more skill than they're given credit for, but probably less grit than they're given credit for. Um, and, you know, oh, the Leafs' defense, it sucks, it sucks. No, dude, we have literally not seen it healthy yet. Muzzin played a few games with Gardner, and Gardner, I think, was hurt the entire time, and then he was out. And now, and then Muzzin's been, you know, all these photos keep coming out of him with like a back brace or something like that. And I'm like, for crying out loud, can we just have this unit together? Dermot comes back from shoulder thing. He's hurt, holding the shoulder last game. If they rest up, just like literally don't throw a hit on Saturday. I don't care if you lose 9-1. It doesn't matter. Well, for what it's worth, that game against Montreal tomorrow is now meaningless. Oh, no. Columbus and the Rangers are currently in overtime. So is that it? Montreal cannot catch the Blue Jackets now. That uh, was the extra point. I'm gonna, uh, I'll double check the standings. No, because Columbus is only at 95. Oh no! Now. Sorry, if Columbus wins, yeah, Columbus has to win. It's not a point. It's two points. So, it's a, so if Columbus wins, it's, it's still matters. matters. So we're gonna get this live on the show because okay, yeah. I'm telling you this as a Leaf fan because if the Leafs do manage to get past Boston, they get Tampa the second round. I want Tampa to play Montreal. Montreal's been giving them problems mm-hmm. all year. You want you want that buzzsaw to be as banged up as possible. Absolutely. Well, and dude, uh, why are we not talking about how Victor Hedman's not playing right now? They announced it was day to day. Stop it. I think that phrasing is what's kept everybody. It's playoff day to day, and they're not the same team without Victor Hedman. No, they are not. No team would be the same without. No, Victor of Hedman. course not. Yeah. Uh, right. 
But so counterpoint. Point Stamkos Kucherov. Oh, it's so <laughs> monstrous. Yeah. It's so, you know what is going to be the most annoying thing this summer? The most Braden Point's contract. It's, it's going you, to be infuriating. It's going to be nine million dollars, and it's going to drive you up the wall. It is absolutely As not long. going to be nine million dollars. I'll put know. money. It's under eight. You think what? it'll be no. under eight? It's going to be under eight because it's Tampa. There, there'll be a team that'll offer Sheetham for more than that if it, if they go that little. Trust me. I don't get me wrong. I, we've seen this script before, so I fully believe you. But someone's got to take Detroit offer sheets. Some what? I no, please no. I love Brain Point as a player, but I'm not giving up four first round picks. We actually we had a lot of conspiracy theories that Detroit might try to offer sheet Pointer Marner. Uh, the hot rumor I heard was Cappy. Uh, why and though? It's like what, dude? Kapanen and Larkin. Just he, like, I know, but the compensation everybody? would have would be it would be first, second, and third. Uh, because you take know. the total value of the contract and you divide it by f- by five and not the actual number of years that you offer. Uh, it would, so yeah, it I guess it would up. depend on the deal. Yeah, because Cappy, he loves yeah. Toronto and he wouldn't just take it for nothing. I don't think the Leafs are going to lose anyone. I, I, I don't, really don't. I think Gardner. I don't see how they can fit him Maybe, in. I don't know if... I think Dubas ignores the salary cap. <laughs> like, I just... And also, like, there's fat to be cut. Like, And I expect the GM to do his... GM job. Yeah. Just don't make a Kessel fat. joke. Don't make a Kessel joke. No. <laughs> hey, that's two-time Stanley Cup champion Phil Kessel. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. That was scored two goals on Detroit last night. Thank you, Phil. I love oh, Phil. Did he? Yeah. Uh, I love when people write off Phil. I love. Then he Phil. comes back and just reminds you. Yeah, he's they, they, there was that big story a couple weeks ago that oh, 17 games without a goal. Well, he's at almost 30 now. So thanks, that, everybody. Dude, that's what he does. He just <laughs> scores. Yeah, he just scores. It's it. I guess the big problem with Kessel is when he's not scoring, there's not too much else about his game that makes him like truly special. He's an underrated playmaker in my opinion, but then he goes on these heaters. Like he's what he's like Max Pacioretty in that whenever he goes through a slump, like people don't understand like we're on year what now of him being good for it. You know he's good for it. And there it is. There it is right there. He's yep. almost at 30. Hilarious. What were we saying before we cut you off? Tampa. Oh, you know what? I thought the Hedman injury was what they're doing with Carlson. Where they're just sitting him until the playoffs. Or is this new? Oh, ooh. well, Hedman. I mean, a concussion is a wild card, right? And, and he's a guy with a history. Yeah. So you have no idea. Carlson's is concerning. Yeah. Because so, he played since that Boston game. He has no. not. They declared pretty soon after the injury that he was just going to sit out until the playoffs to heal up his groin. Who knows? Yeah, because he just got walked by Marchand. Like, he looked like me out there on that goal. It was so bad. Um, well, and I mean, oh, they're so, so good on paper. If they only had goaltending. If they don't have Carlson at 100%. No, I have no... That's why I didn't have a lot of confidence in them as cup contenders. They, and they got to so go through they, Vegas. They got round Vegas. One. Ooh, and, round one. And you got Flurry. You got Who's playoff flurry. Rested flurry. playoff flurry. You have Mark Stone in the playoffs. Oh. Mark Stone, who's pretty much perfect as a hockey player. It's upsetting. Well, it's actually, I'm quite happy about you it. You must be thrilled by it. Oh, yeah. it's the best. Oh, and they still lost. How did the They lost two. They lost two post-trade deadline games to the Sens. It's unacceptable. Oh, it's so terrible. One of, while Steve's angry, one of the most important hockey games of the year is being decided by a shootout. Yeah, I actually have uh, it on course. right now, right here. So that is very Dude. interesting. So how does this affect Roe? Um, so the it won't. It, Detroit. Uh, Columbus has 
three more row than Montreal oh, right now, so playoff. it won't. Oh, okay. it won't. Um, so it's basically, wow. The only so thing that's going to come down to that. The only thing that uh, this determined, which this tweet just caught me off guard, was uh, this confirms that the New York Rangers will finish with the lowest ROW in the NHL this year. Ooh, wait, really? Yeah, that yeah, caught me Detroit right off down guard. there, but then they've won like I think eighty-one of their last eighty-two games. I feel yeah, like ooh. on this tear, no, they've won eight of their last nine. Yeah, so Adam Herman. You can tell I'm tired because I'm like, really? <laughs> like, How yeah. didn't they make it? <laughs> <laughs> they barely missed it. The they, wild. Ah, I'll get them next time. <laughs> it's a new playoff system. <laughs> God, I'm so tired. You thought it was hurting Toronto? Okay, yeah. so so talking about the standings, there's two factions right now in Red Wings fandom. Okay. Well. Yeah, this was a, this, too. this is what we went to get to like yeah. twenty minutes ago in the conversation. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I do that. We d- we do it just as much, if not more. <laughs> Red Wings fans who are thrilled by this winning tier we haven't seen all season. Larkin, uh, Mantha, Bertuzzi line had thirty eight points in six games combined. That's such a good line. Um, and then the other faction that watched the likely second, like the team with the second best lottery odds, dropped down to fifth, maybe sixth best lottery odds. Right. Drop, drop down. Drop down. Yeah. Jumped up, drop down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a lot of Australian Red Wings fans, funny enough, and they all like to make jokes about it, everything being upside down, so this makes sense for them. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. How do you reconcile the two? Because you've been there as a Leafs fan. Yeah, it, oh boy. You know, it is what it is. It, it just is what it ends up as. And that's, you just got to accept it. And allow yourself to enjoy your hockey team winning a hockey game. It's so tough. And I know it's easy for me to say, you know, the Leafs won the draft lottery, got uh, Austin Matthews. Dude, it wasn't always like that. Uh, I was at the Boyd. Okay, you guys know Boyd Devereaux for his successes. Mm-hmm. Leaf fans know it as the Boyd Devereaux game. How many career NHL games did Boyd Devereaux play? I think it was exactly 600. Ballpark, yeah. And his final game in the NHL. Final. This guy played hundreds and hundreds of NHL games. His final game in the NHL. Last game of the regular season with the Leaf. If the Leafs lose the game, they pick fifth overall in 2009. If they win, they pick seventh. Boy Devereaux, hundreds and hundreds of games, first ever NHL hat trick. <laughs> Scores on Brian Elliott, the Leafs win the game, and they pick seventh. So instead of Braden Shen, they get Nazem Kadri, which I actually don't mind. But... Uh, yeah, it changed the face of everything. But, again, it changed the face of everything. So it, some of it is still up to Detroit. Now, you know, are they going to be able to pick a player who's better than Jack Hughes or Capo Caco? I don't know, maybe not. But, like, you got to remember, like, it's free. It's free. If you pick sixth and you whiff with the sixth pick, that's not the draft lottery's fault. you gotta, you got to hit with that thing. That's a gift. That's a gift from the hockey gods, no matter what happens. So... That's how I would look at it. Oh, that's some perspective we actually haven't thought of before. It's a free asset. It's on It's on the Red Wings. It's on the Red Wings scouting system. It, oh, instead of six, you're going to pick seventh. Aww. Like, if they whiff, it's their fault, not the draft lottery's fault. You should be able to get a good player with a top ten pick. The gold plan. The gold plan. What do you think? I don't know what that is. The gold plan. Well, you take it away, Brad. So the gold plan, um, which was... Adam Gold was a guy who came up with it, Adam but Gold. it was brought to the mainstream three years ago by um, Sean McIndoe. Down goes Brown. Yes. So he put an article, and it's a. I have been on this bandwagon since then. The draft order is determined by points gained in the standings after you've been mathematically eliminated. So it prevents tanking. It makes meaningful games towards the end of the season. 
it still rewards the worst teams because you get bounced earlier. Right. So you get a head start on everybody else. For Montreal, who just got knocked out of the playoffs 30 seconds ago. Oh, Columbus won? Columbus won. Uh, so Montreal, who got knocked out of the playoffs, they would not be able to accumulate more than two points now, whereas Detroit literally has like 14. So this is a genuinely meaningless game tomorrow. <laughs> it's a genuinely meaningless game. Nothing can change. But, Stupid. Yeah. But so again, for an instance where if there was another team knocked out of the playoffs today, that might mean something to Montreal because it's only a spot or two in the draft, but it might mean something. Whereas for us Wings fans who have been lamenting Mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks, because we're happy with the development of Larkin, Bertuzzi, Mantha, but at the same time, yeah. Trevor Zegers to Kirby Doc or however the draft goes might make a difference down the road, right? Right. Imagine if we were in a position of we want the Wings to win. This is helping the future. This would be the most fun I've had watching hockey in the last four years. It's interesting because, like, who would be the contenders for it right now? I think it'd be the Wings and the Sens. The Wings in Ottawa would be 1-2 right now based on... So someone actually put the math together, like, okay... Oh, really? So this is where the standings would be, and right now Detroit would be holding the first pick, so I'm a little extra bitter. Ah! Ottawa would be picking two, so it would be right about where it should be. That's the only reason you're thinking that, though. No, I, you can ask him. I've been on this for a few no, years now. No, yeah. I know you've been on it for a few but years. But now I'm but really... Like, come on. Well, why it got brought up was um, Shane Dome brought it up. Okay, if... First of all, kudos to Shane Doan for that. But second of all, uh, here's here's how here's the cycle of things in sports. People discover flaw in the plan. People adjust the rules to fix the flaw in the plan. Someone finds a new flaw. So there's ways to game that. Like there's ways to okay, we're gonna we're gonna start our ECHL goalie or whatever. For the entire month of January, you know, like there's ways to do it or like it'll just, it'll make the trade deadline different. Okay. If we sell off all our guys by Christmas, we're going to be garbage, but like at least we'll get mathematically eliminated early and you know, maybe we can string some wins together and we'll get a decent pick. It's a neat idea. I like that it doesn't necessarily reward mediocrity, but as we've discovered with the offside review, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> because a good idea does not always remain so. It's true. Uh, Sean went through every argument. Though. He's like, so you sell off all your players in December. Yeah. Great. What kind of roster are you putting out there to win games at the end of the year? Well, the rest of the teams you're playing are going for the playoffs. Right? You, c- you could have a sell-off and then acquire guys. You could. And that would make the trade deadline more interesting because now every team's potentially in the market for anything. Right? Like what, what made the trade deadline suck? I mean, it's obviously worked out for them, but like the Sens should have bought. <laughs> like when you think about it, when you think, because you know, they uh, strung together a few wins, dude, they, they could have like decreased their odds. Like how, how far back are they of like a LA or a Buffalo or they mathematically clinched dead last in the NHL three days ago. Oh, actually. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bad. Uh, yeah. It's like a five point difference right now. Uh, Spe- that's tough. Speaking of standings with uh, Columbus's win in a shootout, New York did acquire one point. Um, and so they Not are enough, <laughs> but it's one. <laughs> they are up two points now on Detroit. So if so, Detroit loses in overtime, this is beneficial. Yeah, if Detroit loses anyway, then they jump up to fourth best lottery odds. If Detroit wins, they drop down to sixth. This is a, well, a time that I forgot. Are you so happy to not be in this anymore? So here's what's interesting is you guys are nickel and diming the standings. And talking about <laughs> yeah. This point and ROW and all that. So Leaf fans are so down on the team. 
And you know why I think part of the reason is Matthews and Marner's rookie year, first of all, we were all like, holy shit. <laughs> like when we didn't know they had that in them. Um, and we're counting all the points because they needed every single little point to get into the playoffs. And so we're monitoring, well, at least we lost in overtime and stuff like that. This year, it's been they won or they lost. Doesn't matter how they lost. They lost. If they lost in overtime and there was the one in the shootout, they lost. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> and it was a failure because they lost. Like, we're, we're looking at the season totally differently from how we've looked at uh, seasons in the past. And it's making people miserable. I like I like this. Well, hey, you guys are getting out your abacus. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I I miss it and I don't. We got accused of being overly negative, and we're like, we are drawing shining, glimmering strands of gold out of a pile of literal turds. This is the best time to to like. How long have you been doing the podcast? Four years. Oh, yeah. This is the best time to have a podcast. This is this was the first couple years of the podcast because. All we had was our imagination. <laughs> ah, Mitch is going to do this. And, oh, we're going to have Austin Matthews. And uh, it was uh, every day was Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory in between screaming about firing Nonus and Carlisle. Yeah. <laughs> like, kid drowns in some chocolate and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Phil that's Kessel what, being traded. That's what you got insurance for. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice, too, because we're getting used to it now. Because last year, they get. Same thing with the Red Wings last year. It all came down to the last damn game of the season where they could have finished in like three or four different spots. Funny thing, so funny how this actually kind of relates to the Leafs a little bit, was the last game for the Red Wings was against the Islanders. Okay. And the Red Wings were tied in the standings going into that day with the Canucks. Okay. Okay. But Canucks had the tiebreaker, ROW. So Detroit just had to match or do worse than Vancouver that day to not jump up in the standings. Vancouver's playing the late game. Detroit's playing the early game. So we had to wait after that. John Tavares scores the overtime winner against Detroit in his final game with the Islanders. Yeah, we saw his last goal with the Islanders. Yep. Is there, yep. His last game with the Islanders was an OT winner? Against Detroit against in Detroit. the last day of the season. Yep. I've never had that screamed at me by an Islanders fan. There you go. And because of that, so... Later that night, it was the Sedin's final game with the Canucks. So they had that great moment where they went to the shootout and Sedin scored. And Vancouver, fantastic. even though Vancouver still ended up losing, but they got to a shootout. So Detroit did not pass him. So in a roundabout way, John Tavares and the Sedin's leaving are why the Red Wings have Philip Zadina today. Wow. <laughs> well, I love that stuff. Yeah. I, lo- I love that butterfly effect stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I did one like that. It was the, the Boy Devereaux hat trick is the reason the Leafs got Kadri instead of Braden Shen. And I argued that if the Leafs got Braden Shen, they would have kept Luke Shen, which means no JVR. Interesting. So you you think about oh, it, that okay. little butterfly effect. Yeah. You never have the JVR years, which, I mean, the Leafs were terrible for most of it, but he got pretty valuable once the team got good. Um, even though, like, you know, couldn't skate a 5-on-5 five five shift. Just park him in front of the net. Tip. Thank you. Hi, Thomas Holmstrom. Dude, the American Thomas Holmstrom really was. Uh, He's got 20-something with Philly this year, right? Holmstrom? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, JVR, man, when Philly visited town and he scored a hat trick against the Leafs, I was just like, that's the JVR I remember. I don't, I didn't notice him a lick until he scored. (laughs) Like, he's, he's so good at it. Man, find one thing that you're good at and get real good at it. Well, that was the that one. Was our, that was the one uh, interview I heard with Stephen Stamkos way back when. Practice your strengths ninety percent of the time, and your weakness is ten percent. Yeah. Now, asterisk on that, 
Stephen Samko said that, but it was a lesson imparted on him by Guy Boucher. Was it Guy Boucher? I was who say is Gary out Roberts, of the but, job? Yeah. Right yes. So I don't know because he was the problem the- in Ottawa. For sure. The- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's starting to seem that way. Oh boy. No, I know he wasn't the problem. I heard things about like you know maybe the players didn't like him. It is amazing, and this is another interesting argument about you know to Babcock or not to Babcock. It is amazing what you can do as a team when you're in your happy place. Mm-hmm. And I don't get the impression the Leafs are always in their happy place. No, which I don't think you can be living at the center of the hockey universe. It's tough. It can be pretty di- difficult. Like, if you win, it's great. Everything's fine. Every day's a Stanley Cup parade. Um, the second you lose, it's bad. Jeff Blaschel should be given credit because every day seems like a good day. <laughs> for the Detroit Red Wings. I'm serious. Like, at least when I see them play, <laughs> they kidding. look like they're having a good time. And they look like they believe in themselves. They look like they can believe any game. Or the, the, did I say they can believe any game? Yeah. yeah. God, I'm out of it. It looks, like they, it looks like they believe they can win any game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're really in their happy place, but they play like it. They have been at least for the last it's 10 true, or so but games. Is, is that just a product of today's NHL with how much more power the players have in general? Because when you go back to Scotty Bowman, one of the Red Wings, most Red Wings players would recite the same quote about Scotty. You hated him with a passion 364 days a year, but you loved him on the 365th because that was the day you were raising the cup. The Stanley Cup. Yeah. Can that? Can a coach like that exist anymore? Maybe. I don't know because like... All I've ever heard is actually that players really like John Tortorella, and like you would, n- I would never guess that. No, I've I've heard similar things though. People speak glowingly of who John Tortorella. If you get John Tortorella away from the media, apparently he's great. Yeah, <laughs> he's also grown a lot as a coach. Like yes. it, it used to only take two years for him to just completely unload on someone, maybe even physically, as we saw with <laughs> Vancouver. I think the Vancouver experience sort of ruined the legend of John Tortorella because. Like he had, he has his shelf life, right? Yeah. But he went to Vancouver. Or, uh, sorry, he went to Tampa. Had great success. Won the Stanley Cup. That petered out. Goodbye. Went to New York. Had a great deal of success. That shelf life ran out. Goodbye. Vancouver, utter disaster from the moment it began. Went to Columbus. Columbus resembles a lot more of his Tampa and New York experiences. It does. Vancouver was this ridiculous one-off, probably ruined by one night. Yeah, because that's night. the one we all, we're all thinking about. Yeah, so I wrote about this in the book. I was at CBC. I was right. I used to write scripts for highlight packs, mostly hockey, but like sometimes baseball, soccer, whatever. I was at CBC the night that happened, and it was so fun because it was in commercial break, so no one knew, no one had any idea what was going on. No one in the arena knew what was going on because they couldn't see it. It was down the tunnel, so the only people who could see it were the people who had the footage. And people just start, like, running down the halls and stuff. Did you see? You see what's going on? Throw it on Bluetooth. Throw it on Bluetooth. And they're throwing it on the TV screen. And I'm just like, it was so great being a part of hockey Twitter and going behind the scenes. Because I'm just like, what chips, popcorn? I need it all right now. Because I'm like, we're about to go to air in three, two, one. And I'm like, here it comes. <laughs> and they show it. And I'm just scrolling. Holy shit. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It was so good watching everyone find out what John Tortorella did live. It was, oh, it was the best. That was one of my favorite nights at CBC. Oh, man. God, I need your job. Oh, it was so fun. 
Oh, dude, I wasn't having a great time in my life at that time. <laughs> until then, until John Tortorella saved you. Until, yeah, John Tortorella. Well, she <laughs> no Rogers saved me, man. Cause I was I was at CBC, uh, worked the Sochi Olympics, uh, moved into a house with my soon-to-be wife at the time. Uh, got laid off five shifts. Uh, I worked five shifts. Got laid off. Mm. Uh, worked five shifts after buying the house. Got laid off. So I'm oh, like. No. Oh my God! What uh, am I gonna do? And um, right around the time the the podcast was a relatively new thing, we had just gotten a sponsorship for it. Uh, I managed to get a small sponsorship for my videos that eventually expired. But I remember being like, "Okay, I got one. When the next season begins, I'll try to get another one." I'm sick of getting laid off. You know, laid off by Lee's TV. Uh, my KHL debauchery, which you can read about in the book, the, the CBC I was laid off by, NHL Network I was laid, laid off by. Uh, I'm never going to be able to get a job at Sportsnet because everyone's clamoring for a job at Sportsnet. Forget it. I'm going to go it alone. And then Rogers came in. And it was so weird because I got laid off from CBC. And, like, less than six months later, I'm back in the building. Same building, same studio, same boss. But I'm working with Rogers. So weird, man. It's crazy. So freaking weird. It's been a. You've had a, a lot of it has been by the seat of my pants. Like, you, <laughs> and everything weird just seems to happen to you because you mentioned the whole KHL debacle. Uh, but you have a cool story from that though with your Facebook, one of your Facebook fan pages. Yes. Um, was he in net tonight? He was. Okay, so this uh, there's a website called VK.com. Yeah. It's like the Russian Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So. Someone started a Joining the Rush fan page. Joining the Rush was this video uh, series that I did with Andrei Osinchenko, who I think still works for the KHL. And we talked about the KHL and the NHL and stuff like that. Um, this 15, 16-year-old kid makes us a, a fan page. That kid was Alexander Georgiev. Who lost in a shootout tonight. He's yeah. the... Backup goaltender for future. the New York Rangers. The future, the heir to the throne that Henrik Lundqvist sits on right now. Uh, yeah, he, th- yeah, the guy who threw up like two forty-plus save wins against the Leafs this year. <laughs> that must have made you feel some kind of way. Oh my god! Well, and, and you know what's, you know what's amazing? You know how I found out Georgiev was that kid. Um, Andre just happened to see that I was, I was in Philadelphia. This was another fun thing that I got to do. I got to work a world gaming event where I was doing play-by-play commentary for NHL. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. It was 17, NHL 17, I think. Or was it 18? It doesn't matter. Um, What does it matter? They're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. (laughs) Basically. Oh, skating's slightly different. Great. This one has mascots. Anyway. um, So Andre saw that I was at that game. It was Rangers, or it was Flyers hosting the Rangers. And he goes, uh, hey, remember our Facebook group, whatever? I go, yeah. He goes, that kid's in net for the Rangers tonight. <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> and I went and checked, and it says Alexander Georgiev. Oh, my God. It could God. have been another one, but... Oh, my God. I, I haven't had a chance to talk to Alexander yet. I, I, I you, would love to. Yeah, you just need to get into, like, a Rangers scrum after a game in yeah. Toronto and just, like, wave from across the room. Are you? Was that? <laughs> just, I, no, I like don't you think. You can't say anything. You just got to see if he recognizes you. Yeah, I don't know. I like to think... Watch, he probably hates me. I only watch those videos for Andre. So I, I like to think that part of the reason he does so well against the Leafs is because he knows it will make me upset, and I will yell on camera. Makes for know. better content. It's so He's doing you a favor. Would you be as big weird. as you are today if the Leafs were good from the moment you started? God, no. No. 
Because I, I still remember this clear as day. Your biggest spike that you ever had on a YouTube video relative to any other YouTube video was Nashville. Yeah, and that's all you have to say is Nashville, right? So nine two. At the time, I was averaging about like ten thousand views a video, something like that. And I made the video. It was two and a half minutes. It was nothing. It was just me screaming. And I uploaded it. And before I went to bed that night, it had ten thousand views. And I'm like, okay, this could be something. And I wake up the next morning to like messages like you were on the radio this morning, and like they used a clip on like TV and this and that. I walked into the Sportsnet studio. I'd like just started at Sportsnet. I'd only been there like two months. <laughs> and I walk in and Sid Sixero just stands up at his desk. Steve Dangle, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Dangle. I'm just like, oh my God, like what's what's going on? And yeah, it was uh it was different from then on. And it's amazing. Like one of our one of our biggest American markets is still the Nashville area <laughs> for the podcast because That's- just let, well, what Nashville fan could possibly be mad at me ever? Oilers fans, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But Nashville fan, hey, your introduction to me was your team just destroyed the soul of mine. Come on. They're going to love you forever. It was such a bad beating that even like whenever the Leafs beat the Preds, they're like, ah, <laughs> have it. <laughs> Take it, yeah. Ah, tussle my hair. Ah, you little scamp. I like that connection because Nashville and Toronto are also the two fan bases that sung, uh, sing the national anthems for each other when the mics cut out. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah, that was them because it, it cut out. Uh, it was the anthem singer in Toronto. The mic cut out for the American national anthem. And every Canadian hockey fan knows the American national anthem. We all, of course. We're all so used to singing it. And the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs fans, bless them, yeah. uh, sang the rest of the American national anthem. And it was hey. such a heartwarming moment. And then in Nashville, they did a thank you when they went and played there. And they they all sang the Canadian national anthem. They're, they're the best damn fans. And I say that about like every fan base. Like I've had the good fortune. Of- Except Edmonton. Going to, yeah, <laughs> dude, they were cool when I went. Um, it's no Edmonton fans are great when they're not on Facebook. Valid. Uh, yes. I think you can. That's true of every fan base. Yes, hundred percent. Oh yeah, no Leaf fans are flawless for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but Nashville fan, I I got to see Game Three of the Stanley Cup Final between the Preds and Pens, and that building. First of all, if you're sitting in the nosebleeds, you're like your your head. Uh, to to like your basement ceiling, like that's where the speakers are, and they're the size of a car. All the speakers <laughs> and the roof is right there. It's not domed; it's flat, and it just makes it friggin' deafening. It is deafening in that building, and everyone like it's like a European soccer game. They all got their chance, and hey, maybe we have another. And all, they scored six goals that night, and it was everything I could do to just keep up. I was like, how did they? How does that begin? I understand picking it up quickly, going to a game or two, but like when the Predators began, were they like, all right, y'all in a five, six, seven, eight, like, did you go to <laughs> rehearsal to figure all that out? It's college football, man. It's honestly, it's like a oh, religion yeah. there and that's, it's ingrained in them. They all know how to be the best rowdy fans at possible. But like not yeah. all the chants, because my favorite one in Nashville is the goalie ones. Like, Murray, yeah. Murray, you, you suck. suck. It's all your yeah. fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone had to coordinate that. Well, that oh, was yeah. a Canadian chant to start that, because that's been around for years, right? But like the whole thing, like the yeah, whole yeah. chanting the goalie's name is, yeah. I've heard over and over and again, but not all the extra after it. No, Do you understand? Okay, when they score, they celebrate, they have like a... A song that they sang, and then I think it's the 
thank you, Murray, may we have another? And then they chant, and then they say, you suck, and then they chant again. <laughs> You're was... telling me you did that in no rehearsal? <laughs> Nothing? You look, they all have earpieces, they're like, yeah, five, there's six. A, yeah, there's, it's a city of performers. There's like a town every... hall meeting before the season, like, okay, everybody, we're meeting here at this time, and we're going to plan out the chants for the Titans, yeah. the Predators. <laughs> like, if, if there's ever a Predators, like, uh, Rangers Stanley Cup final... The Predators might as well practice at, like, Radio City Music Hall. Because, like, all the fans will be there. And da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, it's amazing. I'm surprised there aren't, like, costume changes. It's funny you mention that, too, because it's the only game I've ever been to at Madison Square Garden in my life was against the Predators, and the Predators hammered the Rangers, and that place was a morgue. Uh, I bought tickets to a Rangers game as well. It was Rangers-Panthers, and the tickets ended up being fake, and I was out 107 American dollars. Oh, no. Yep, never doing that again. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Just some random scalper. And I had such a good time in New York, and that one bomb got dropped to me. I was like, I hate this place. <laughs> oh. I hate, no, but I don't. I, I couldn't hate New York. I love New York. No, I know. I need to yeah. go back to... So I haven't been back since, so I need to go back to redeem that. Yeah. Because that was trash. Oh, 100%. That was garbage. Uh, Steve, you have a longer drive ahead of you, so we're going to move into the last uh, part sure. of our show, which is called Overtime. Uh, we take uh, questions from Hold fans. On. This oh. is the press conference, Steve. The presser. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, Overtime is sponsored on the Winged Wheel podcast by our Patreon supporters who get their comments read out on air as uh, our way of saying thank you for supporting the show. People won't actually sponsor us. So companies won't sponsor us. Not so. yet. Not yet. Just Not throw yet. it out there. Dude, that's how we got sponsors in the first place is Adam and I just shamelessly were like, we would really like a sponsor. You just cold called companies till yeah, someone said well, yes. No, well, and no. And every now and then, you know, maybe someone listening works for a company and that's what happened. Someone <clears throat> listen, who was it? Yeah. Someone who was an early <laughs> listener of our podcast happened to work at Panago. They sent it up the line. They listened to a few shows and they were like, yeah, okay, cool. And they've been with us for like five years. Yeah. Cause they were, they, yeah, they were in early. Good Real for you, Panago. Early. Look at that. Other companies, Panago is in. They got in at the ground floor. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, our first comments from Rowan, one of our Australian listeners, uh, and new found nemesis of Brad. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, greetings, favorite B1 and B2. He's dubbed us B1 and B2. He recently ran a Twitter poll of uh, favorite Winged Wheel podcast hosts. Which, which was extremely biased based on his own opinion and wow. perspective. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, as the winner of said poll. Oh, we all finished in the 30s. Okay, Ryan, you didn't run away with that one. Uh, <laughs> and welcome, Mr. Dangle. Who would you say is Taro Hiroshi's biggest competition to win the Calder Trophy this year? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I would say probably Trevor Moore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know they're about the same size, probably about the same skill set. But uh, other than that, I mean, <coughs> Taro Hiroshi's got it. He's got it wrapped up. Yeah, he, man, that sucked. I thought the Leafs were going to get him. Uh, it's <laughs> nice when the Red Wings can just swoop in. And yeah, there's a guy. Like, there, there's someone who, or there's something I don't think they've, so maybe big name free agents haven't been coming, but the college guys. Daniel Kaiser. They've had a few who other ones who haven't panned out. They had Kuffner and Hiroshi this year. Hiroshi, uh, third, tied for the third longest assist streak to start an NHL career. Actually? Yeah. Five games. Five, five games. Five games. That's excellent. Took a yeah. game off and then scored a goal in his seventh. <laughs> yeah. And then Dude, recorded an assist bad. yesterday. Yeah, not bad. Holy smokes! Yeah, we because like we were talking about a lot of people because again, online people were angry. They're like, "Why are we wasting more roster spots and young guys don't pan out?" We're giving this. I'm like, guys, yeah. you understand college agents are a free asset. If they free. become absolutely garbage, bottom of the barrel, 
players in the ECHL, it's fine. Hey, you know what? Let me say this, though, just to sort of save Hirose from rabid fans. Because right now you're trying to cling to all the hope you can. Don't get too caught up in post-deadline numbers. Because you know who nearly, very nearly, screwed up the Matthews pick for the Leafs? Colin Greening. Colin freaking Greening. (laughs) 15 points in 30 games, I think it was. And they all came at like the most clutch, awful times. <laughs> and I was like, can someone, can we send this guy down? Like he was, he almost ruined it. He almost, and I'm pretty sure the Leafs only got last place by a point. It was very close. Yeah. I remember that year. It was Friggin Colin very Green. close. Yep. I'm happy to have the boy Devereaux game. If it meant not having the Colin Greening mm-hmm. game. We came very close. Very close. Jersey time. What has been the best incarnation of the Leafs jerseys? Ooh. Um, dude, I really like the ones they have now uh yeah with the with the new leaf the 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 90s leaf or 2000s leaf or whatever you want to call it i guess it's it's been their leaf since like the 70s it's only known failure it was time to change the damn thing Mm -hmm. and brendan shanahan uh red wing great who played on the red wings in the alumni game that was a little bit disturbing um it's uh, all we have yeah i know i know i know he he grew up uh, a Leaf fan, and I think he understood the legacy. Uh, he also understood the years of failure, and he understood the need for something new. And I feel like their current jerseys are just the perfect incarnation of that. Yeah, but also the '93 jerseys, like I just forever associate with Felix Potvin, and they're dope. My favorites are the jerseys that stood across from those ones yeah. at the, the big house. Oh. those were. But that was one of those the, were good too. I didn't. I don't know. The leaf was like a little too big. But though, that me, but. that was one of the all time best jersey matchups. Oh, blue versus red. Why isn't it like that every game? They need to do that more. I red agree. wings leaf should now, always be blue versus red. There's one thing time. that I've yeah. heard that you have to be careful with because the NFL had it. So for football, I'm a Bills fan, and there was a couple years ago. Oh yeah, right. Um, where when the NFL introduced the color rush jerseys um, for the Thursday night game, so the teams would just like pick one of their three colors or whatever, and just head to toe, tech out in that color. So the Bills played the Jets. The Bills went with red. The Jets went with green. It was red on Blockbuster green. Blockbuster game. Colorblind people could not distinguish. Oh. So it was very hard. They Because to them, their palette, they, it was confusing. So I didn't, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's everything looked point. brown, gray. Yeah, so it was very hard. So that's the only argument I've heard for why, yeah, maybe don't go that route. Now, I don't know the color spectrum to know, like, red versus blue, there were no complaints, so I'm assuming that's fine, but... If Red the Red Wings were playing huh. the Stars, you couldn't do it. Interesting. Yeah. I guess... Uh, very interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, something neat to look for. Uh, this round, whatever this round is, of the uh, OHL playoffs, the Niagara Ice Dogs and the Oshawa Generals, I believe, have the same sponsor for their warm-up jerseys. So b- both are red teams. Gens are red and white. Uh, Ice Dogs are red and black. But in the warm-up, they're both baby blue. <laughs> so they're both they're I to my knowledge, both teams are gonna go out in the same jerseys. That's amazing. And there's a few former gens on the ice dogs, so like I wouldn't be surprised That's- if like they just, you know, in warm-ups went down to the other end of the ice and took shots at the goalie. Why not? Pray for a brawl before the game. Oh, it'd be amazing. It'd oh, be amazing. Just because some- of the sponsor? <laughs> OHL sponsors, man. Here, one quick aside. Um, I was at the OHL final in 2010 between the Windsor Spitfires and the uh, Barry Colts, mm-hmm. Alex Petrangelo's Barry Colts and Taylor Hall's Windsor Spitfires. 
the the sponsor was like it was like President's Choice macaroni and cheese or something like that, and you know you pick up the box yep. and you shake it around and it was a noisemaker. Game goes to overtime. Taylor Hall scores the overtime winner on the road for the Windsor Spitfires. He has enough time to hug with his teammates before... You ever see 300? Yeah. <laughs> <When> the arrows... <laughs> the macaroni will blot out the sun. <laughs> and we will fight in the shade. No, the Windsor Spitfires did not fight in the shade. They got the hell out of Dodge. They all had to run. And the funniest part of that whole thing... So I had a press pass for that event. And I'm walking down to this tunnel... Uh, for where I got to go because I don't really know where I need to go. And some poor woman who worked for the Barry Colts was running by and she, and she sees what's going on and she goes, oh, I specifically told them this wouldn't happen. <laughs> 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 so the sponsor, the macaroni and cheese were like, wait, what if the fans throw the bottles of macaroni and cheese? <laughs> and they threw hundreds of boxes. Macaroni and cheese onto the ice. It's one of the most surreal things I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite stories. It's one of my favorite stories. That's the best story that's ever gonna be told on this podcast. I forgot about that. I don't know if a video exists online. You probably find something from my channel. It's Taylor Hall being interviewed about it after the game. But I would just want a footage of hundreds of boxes of macaroni and cheese. Yeah, first result, Steve Dangle, Taylor Hall, and the Barry Colts macaroni incident. Yeah, and he's just got, like, a little quip. But, like, forget the quip. No, no, no. We need to see the players. <laughs> I want to know who sat there in the right, their right minds and said, the citizens of Barry, Ontario would not be so crass to throw boxes of macaroni and cheese in the face of a heartbreaking loss. It's like, have you never watched The Simpsons, lady? And here come the pretzels. Like, <laughs> oh, Oh, damn it. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that was so good. Spitfire's won. That series. Yep. Oh, oh man. man. They did that a lot back then. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Thank you for helping me rem- remember that. Uh, Brendan B. I'm going to be thinking about that the whole way home. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Brendan B. Singer uh, says, hello, boys, and Steve. Uh, what are all your favorite memories between the Wings and Leafs? Mine was the Centennial Classic with the crazy comeback that came up just short. Wish Detroit would have completed it, but it was still a fun ride. Thanks as always. Steve, I'm a big fan of how you do your videos. I'll see you dub-dub boys tomorrow. See? <laughs> oh, so um, my favorite was the 2 Cup final. Wait. Uh, I know. Uh, and I can't even say the Borshevsky goal because I was f- five when that happened. Like, I don't remember it. Or yeah. I was probably, I'd probably just turned six. Um, ooh, I, you know, I was at the Centennial Classic and it was a weird game where like I was there with my wife and had a ticket, but I was also credentialed. So I'm there as a fan and I'm watching. Uh, I got my, you know, people still make fun of me for it to this day. I got my Jersey over my winter jacket. <laughs> so what I did was I took my Jersey off and I'm like, okay, I might as well go down. Um, and it's four one, you know, I, just as I'm leaving my seat, it's four two and I'm like, oh boy. By the time I get around the building to where I need to go, it's 4-3. And I go, oh boy, okay. I'm standing next to the security lady, and everyone is just freezing their balls off. And she, and she's freezing. She's in her security uniform. She's just like, I need to get out of here. Oh my God, I got to get out of here. And I said to her, I go, don't worry. They're not going to blow this. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically told her that this wouldn't happen. I specifically happen. <laughs> told her this wouldn't happen. And then who was it who tied it? Mantha. Mantha. Yeah. And she just goes, you dick. <laughs> the second it went in, she dropped all professionalism and just went, you dick. 
<laughs> so I uh, unfortunately I didn't really get a good view of the OT winner. Um, well, because everyone stood up and went nuts <laughs> right away, blocked it out. Um, man, Leafs didn't have a ton of good. There hasn't been a lot either way. Out. I'm not coming up with a lot. My the big house would have to be mine. My favorite one was yeah. so this is gonna rub a little salt in the wounds for you, and it doesn't. I don't mean to do it. It's just no, where I was. So. You remember, I want to say, I can't remember what year it was. I want to say 2014. The year the Leafs were in a playoff spot all year, but they had that epic eight-game losing streak towards the end of the season. They dropped out. So the eighth game of that losing streak was against Detroit in Toronto. Going into that game, Detroit was one point behind Toronto for that last playoff spot. I I was at that game in Toronto, that red jersey, me and my wife, the two red jerseys in the sea of blue. Yeah. Detroit wins the game 4-2, Darren Helm's only career hat-trick. Amazing! <laughs> Another only career hat-trick, yeah. eh? I'll never forget that. I, it was, it was, I, hasn't he had two against the Leafs? He might have had one since, but at the time, it was that I was it. Darren Helm always turns into Superman against He Strong. does. Yeah, and does nothing it's the rest so of the annoying. year. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, and it was funny, too, because at the beginning of the game, I was just getting chirped relentlessly, as I should have, yeah. wearing a red jersey in yeah. Toronto. Which is, that's surprising to me. I thought there were a lot of Red Wings fans. There was a bunch, but just yeah. they were nowhere near oh, me. I got you. I was, uh, we were on an island in our section. That was like me in Boston last yeah. year in the playoffs. All the Leaf fans were on the other side of the arena. I'm like, help me, come over. <laughs> So me and my wife were getting it, like not mean spirited, like friendly yeah. chirping. It yeah. was great and giving it back. By the time like the end of the game rolled around, like not a peep. Just the, uh, the, you could just see the dejection depression. in everybody's face. It's like we just lost eight games in a row and are no longer in a playoff spot. And that was a great example of you know the Leafs' failures being being good for me because that was my first. So I spent the first half of that season at my parents' house. The second half was I finally. Or it wasn't even the second half. It was like it was like literally their downfall. I moved in and they started to just collapse. Oh. Um, but it was great because I finally had my own place. I didn't have to worry about like disturbing anyone. Um, you know, I was just in my house alone and free to explore the space like an adult. So I I was just throwing myself off the wall and like when they lose that many consecutive games, you got to get creative. I'm like drinking in the videos. So like it it was painful to experience as a fan, but like. For the channel, it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, Evan Beckner says, Hello, gentlemen. Top tier content as usual. This question is for Steve. Uh, as a fan of a team that just wrote the book on rebuilding in today's NHL, what comparisons can you draw to how the Wings are currently going about rebuilding? Obviously, pulling a generational talent, possibly two generational talents out of the draft helps. Yes. But was there any more subtle additions that helped the Leafs pull from perpetual mediocrity? On a scale from Edmonton to Toronto, where do you think the Red Wings are in their rebuilding efforts? Thanks for the great content, boys. And P.S. 67. Uh, <laughs> good one. <laughs> well, for, uh, you said Grand Rapids is doing well, right? Yep. Yeah. So is that fueled by young guys or like just really good age? Before the players? last two weeks where everybody on the Red Wings got hurt and they had to bring them up, it's right. been by and large the young guys. Yeah. Good. So that's good. That's the first good sign. The second good sign is your best players are all, like, what, under 25? The Red Wings are only one of two teams in the NHL right now with four 20-goal scores under the age of 25. Yeah. Like, dude, every everything is looking up. The one thing I would uh, maybe caution against is, you know who scored 20 goals as a rookie and we all thought was going to be, like, friggin' amazing? Connor Brown. So, like, sometimes, uh, you know, if, if a guy is a bit of a surprise to you, uh, 
Ah, oh, screw it. I was going to say, like, if, you know, don't get too invested, but that's your job as a fan, isn't it? Hi, Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, and, you know, it looked like Brown was going to be, like, a less goonish version of that. You know, like, he's he's not a big hit guy. He's a big, he's an annoying sort of stick check guy. I think he's going to go to another team and have a bunch of success. But the, I guess, I guess what you got to get used to is because of the salary cap, you're going to have this wicked little window that the Leafs had where you get to keep everybody because every you pay everyone $5 and it's great and then their next contract comes up and they ask for 40 billion and you just can't keep them all and, and you, you have to pay them that and yes and and you know hockey gods willing you have to pay them a lot of money cuz that means they did really well for you right so it's you almost want them to either have a meteoric immediate Rise, or have a bit of a slow burn, because if they sort of, you know what I mean, if they have that meteoric rise right away, then you can maybe load up with some veterans. Because you got a ton of ELCs. All of a sudden, you go from bum to contender right away. But if you have this slow burn, you know maybe you can sort of take your time, develop guys properly. You don't need to rush. Maybe bridge a couple di- uh, couple guys. You don't have to pay them that much. <laughs> It's funny. It's it's funny you mentioned that because Bertuzzi, Manth, and Athanasi all have bridge deals expiring after next season. Oh, <laughs> that, Steve. Yep, all over twenty goals this year, all under the age of twenty-five. Hey, so I was laying out the whole plan for you with the Red Wings uh, a few months ago, and Steve Eiserman, and it's going to happen. What's all this about him maybe going to the Rangers? I, I, There's nothing to that. Steve Eiserman is ironclad. Every the the two guys who have given us the most are uh, Bob McKenzie and Elliot Friedman and even they qualify everything they put forward yeah. with this is our best educated guess from what we know about him and the people who will speak to us about him he has, he is tight-lipped beyond tight-lipped you're hard-pressed to find people with more access and knowledge of the game than those two than, than those Bob, are the two best yes so all of a sudden a day or two after Sather steps down as president of Hockey Ops the New York Post Brooksy has multiple sources uh, that that know of Eisenman's thinking. First of all, that's such a nothing burger of a statement. We uh, the wording was uh, nothing according burger. <laughs> according to uh, multiple sources who are familiar with uh, Eisenman's thinking, which is such a cop out because if it doesn't pan out, they can say we never committed to it. Yeah, what? It's just it means nothing. But they're they're putting it forward as if they have multiple sources. I will give them forty billion dollars if they can come up with multiple sources. There's no way Steve Eisenman has let out multiple sources about this. I'm not and the fact that I'm going off and I just promised forty billion dollars means it's gonna happen. I'm gonna have egg on my face, I'm gonna have to do, you know, some kind of retraction in a legal battle with with Brooks, but I I just don't buy it. It no, just seems I don't a either. lot like clickbait honestly I didn't buy the whole he's coming back to Detroit for the same reasons I'm like uh, it makes all the sense in the world based on why he said he stepped down but nobody knows a damn thing so you guys are doing the smart thing so you're not just listening to the experts but you're also you're trying to do process of elimination okay where did this story come from and there's been so many annoying rumors around the Leafs this season I don't think any of them are coming from within the organization so I think a lot of the information regarding the Leafs is coming from teams who they don't have uh, any interest in helping out the team. They want to make their lives as difficult as possible. So they plant this, they plant that, they plant that. So if you're a team who wants Steve Eiserman, why not plant a little story and go, 
you know, Rangers going after Steve Eisman. Yeah, you guys are mm-hmm. you're on to it. Yeah. You're no spring chicken. We're too good. I'm too invested in having Steve back. I will combust. There will be another podcast spot open for you. This oh, <laughs> absolutely. It'll I'll be me, burn up. Brad, and Evan. Who? Brad. And, oh, Evan. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so tired. Oh, my God. We'll, uh, we'll only give you a couple more. I was like, his name's Brad. What? <laughs> and uh, the concept of Evan. Don't I know. Yeah. Uh, Connor Jager says, hey, guys, and Steve. Uh, well, it's come down to this. A heated showdown between the Wings and the Sabres for fourth last in the league. Feeling pretty conflicted. I'm pro-tank, but I'd be lying if I said I haven't enjoyed the last 10-game stretch. Watched Jimmy Howard's post-game interview on Tuesday, and when he told how some fans were hoping for a tank for the last stretch, he had the most disgusted look. Uh, He answered that having a winning culture and battling to win every night is more important than any draft pick, which I kind of agree with, Oilers and Sabres being prime examples. Wanted to get your guys' takes, and especially Steve's. Steve, by the way, big fan. Love all that you do, and your passion and drive is inspiring. Can't wait to listen to your book. Got a date for the audiobook yet? Yes, April 9th. April 9th. You heard April it here 9th, first. It'll be up on Audible. And oh, that's, I think the that's EC- four days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be up in the ECW Press website as well. They're working on iTunes and I think some other places as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what was the question? Uh, well, it, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was your take on uh, on tanking, which we've already actually covered. Well, okay. Yeah, it's simple. You can't expect the players to tank. No. And I don't think you can expect the coach to tank either, really. Uh, you might argue that starting an ECHL goalie would be that, but, you know, yes, please. Um, you can't ask the players to do it. That is up to management and management alone. So this whole culture thing, like, I mean, you can't just walk into the room and tell players to lose. It's not, it's not going to happen. No. The problem with the Sabres, the Sabres, it's weird. The Sabres and the Oilers are not even the cautionary tale anymore. Like, they're the unicorn. Like, they both stripped it down way too much. It's weird. The Sabres stripped it down too much. The Oilers stripped it down too often, if yes. that makes sense. No, 100%. Uh, and the worst thing I think that could have happened to the Oilers is they had one little bit of success. And they repeated the mistake that they made uh, coming out of the cup final there in 2006. Hey, you did marginally well for us. Here's everything in the world. And then they they made a few trades. And uh, no, I think I think the Oilers and the Sabers are now the outlier. Um, you don't need to worry about the Red Wings becoming them. No, and the Oilers make me so mad. They're one trade away from being fine because they have <laughs> McDavid. And they've made lots of trades. And they made lo- they ought to stop. <laughs> and the, no, and then what is in the water there? Because then you get people writing about how uh, Keith Gretzky had a great trade deadline. He didn't man. do anything. You know what? That's an improvement. Yes, it is. That's scary. <laughs> that's the problem. As a matter of fact, attributing like, oh. success to the basic accomplishments of any professional in the in, in the industry. Hmm, where have we heard that story before in the last yeah. five years? Steve, it's late. You have a long drive ahead of you. Sure do. So we'll let you go. If you want to say goodbye to the podcast, we'll have you back soon enough. Goodbye, podcast. Everyone, Steve Dangle. Steve, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you again soon. April 9th, his audiobook comes out. Hey, we'll give away a copy of the audiobook to a That's fan. easier than the physical book. Yeah, we don't have to mail anything. <laughs> Can you do that? I got, yeah, how would we're, you do that? We have a worst case scenario, we'll just send the person the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they buy the book. Steve Dangle, everyone. Uh, so just Brad and I now. Snail Lale says, hey, gang, I accidentally missed out on uh, the last OT, so this is a tad late. Took my dad out for dinner in a movie last Friday night. Uh, we went to see The Russian Five. What a solid documentary. There was a lot I didn't know going into it. Some I did, 
The news report about the limo accident is one of the few things I still remember vividly from the tender age of six, uh, probably because my mom was in utter shock and I'd never seen that before. I don't know if anyone has already asked, but have you seen the movie yet and what are your thoughts? The independent theater we went to had advertisements up for the for Tough Guy, so we'll definitely be going back when that comes around. Anyways, love the show as always. Keep up the good work. We haven't seen it yet. I'm, I want to see it while we're while we're in Detroit this weekend. I didn't even think about that. I'm wondering if there's a way I'll be able to uh, like a Sunday afternoon something. Oh, like a Sunday afternoon matinee? Yeah. We should actually keep an eye out and then maybe we can... Yeah, because it's not playing... Like where we live, it's not playing anywhere near us. No, so. our, our closest ones are like Port Huron. <laughs> so yeah, the Sunday afternoon would be my literal only option. Uh, Philip Gasno says, Well, the game on Saturday decides who gets better lottery chances for Buffalo and us. Uh, have an idea for Patreon exclusive episode or some off-season fun. Break down some of your favorite goals or plays of the season. Red Wings history or just Pavel Datsuk's highlight video. Oh, we could do a whole episode on Pavel Datsuk's highlight video. <laughs> uh, give some uh, analysis of what makes these plays amazing or what the defender should have done. Oh, you, I love that. Yeah, that's actually really I good. I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, you could link the videos in the episode description too. I think one of the things the NHL lacks big time is real uh, analysis of goals and plays instead of just highlights. That's a fantastic I suggestion. agree with that, yeah, because I remember I, I did a breakdown on Twitter of Michael Rasmussen's goal and one of his goals in the World Junior Showcase last year because everybody was flaky on it. It was just a lucky goal from a bad angle on a bad goalie, and then I kind of went, no, no, no. Like this was, And then I did a detailed breakdown of it, and I love doing that stuff. Yeah. I love doing that. Uh, I you We were watching the last game, or the second, the last game on TV that we'll see, um, uh, the game, the loss against Pittsburgh, and... I started putting out gifts, and I was sitting next to Mel, and she goes, "Isn't it the second last game of the season?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "And you just started doing like gifts now?" And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Wouldn't this have been?" Oh, gifts? Yeah, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> It'll be great for next season. Uh, Mike Reed says the recent play of our young talent has brought up a lot of talking points going forward. Seems more evident than ever that Abdulkader, Erickson, Daly, and maybe even Nielsen are replaceable, and the team is thriving without them. What can the Red Wings realistically do, particularly with Abby and Nielsen going forward? Seems to me that these two are going to get outplayed by the young kids, and they have scary number of years remaining. Does R- Wings Brass need to send these two to Robida Island to party in the sun with Joffrey Lupul? They need... Realistically, we have to accept that they will always be in the lineup because of said contracts and because of Blashill. In a perfect world, they're, pay- they're playing six even strength minutes on the fourth line. That's the best realistic scenario I can hope for. And that'll be a testament to whether Blashill has truly learned. Which he probably hasn't. Uh, Ryan Curran says, With the turnarounds we've seen this season from St. Louis and, to some extent, Philly, do you anticipate their interim coaches staying beyond the season? On a related note, what do you need to see from Blashill next season that would justify the extension? St. Louis will certainly be keeping Craig Berube. They might win the division. Uh, Philly, I don't think they will keep uh, who's it, Scott Gordon. Um, and They'll probably renew their efforts at Quenville. And for me, Blashill, I think I've said this in the podcast a hundred times, I'm going to repeat it. His systems or whatever, to me to see if he has evolved, we are going to see Daly and Erickson being the routine healthy scratches. Hironik and Shalosky playing top four minutes all season. Zadina getting a good amount of minutes. Rasmussen getting a good amount of minutes. And again, Helm, Nielsen, Abdelkader in severely reduced roles. Not that every one of those things has to happen exactly that way or to the extreme, but we, I have to see that in some capacity. We, at no point next season, do I want to be begging for the Larkin Mantha Bertuzzi line back together. Yeah. I just, that the Red Wings don't have to make the playoff. If the Red Wings get Hughes and Kako and they land Eric Carlson, the Red Wings don't have to make the playoffs next year for me to think Blash has to be successful. 
That's an exaggeration. But what what needs to happen is to show that he has done some of what Ken Holland has done and adapt to the very obvious things that need to change for this team to be successful. Yes, late season play against second tier goalies, against the beat up teams that are maybe resting players isn't indicative of success that could have been had all year. But it's not a huge coincidence that the Red Wings went on this insane tear when their best young players were getting all the minutes. Now, there's a couple ways to look at this, because for the most part, I agree. People do have to understand that the Red Wings have been playing some pretty awful teams and some teams that have had spots clinched, so they've not been playing their starting goalie, and they've been, like, the Bruins' top line had, like, a record low number of minutes per game. So you got to look at the, let's take it back down to earth, but at the same time, that's not... They played phenomenal hockey. They still played phenomenal hockey, so... Take the go with the bat, I guess. Uh, Joshua Phillips says, Hi, guys. Uh, I'm a fairly new supporter and first time commenting. Thank you, Josh, for your support and welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast family. Uh, I was considering roster options for next year and had two questions. One, I know plenty of people wonder if the Wings would buy out Jonathan Erickson, but do you see any chance that he straight up decides to retire with all the injuries and possibility of being a regular healthy scratch? Um, we could hope. Not that I wish injury upon the guy, but I have no inclination of him. I've heard nothing of him. No, he'll be back. Yeah. If we're talking about Cronwall maybe being back, Erickson's coming back. Uh, two, how likely is it that Rasmussen starts out next season in Grand Rapids since he's still waiver-exempt for 16 games as far as I can tell? Would this be good or bad for him in your opinion? I was going to say the odds were pretty low, but um, Hiroshi might be taking his spot. I can't. I don't see how you justify Rasmussen over Hiroshi at this point. There's a lot of moving parts here that could lead to that, so I, I won't make a prediction either way. I'm going to say something maybe unpopular. I don't think it could hurt him to play a little bit. Like it's, It wouldn't be the end of the world if he did. No. It's kind of similar to how I view Cholosky now. I'm sorry. Rasmussen should have been in Grand Rapids all year, but because of that silly CHL agreement, he couldn't. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm not ready to give up on the guy. Yeah, and I still stand by the fact he shouldn't have been in junior this year. He was too physically no. dominant for that league. No, it, he he made the best out of a shitty situation in terms of what he could do. Yep. Uh, Joseph Fournier, uh, my friend from New York, says, well, from Detroit, living in New York, says, hey uh, hey there, dudes. I missed the last few OTs due to my erratic work schedule. Uh, oh, man, they may, I had this double buffalo mac and cheese at his bar. Incredible. I keep thinking about it. Anyhow. All I can think of when I hear mac and cheese now is Taylor Hall. <laughs> I pro- I specifically promised him that this wouldn't happen. <laughs> I specifically told him that this wouldn't happen. Uh, really be glad to uh, really glad to be back for this one. I'd like to take a moment and circle back to the gold plan. Great points and counterpoints, and I'm coming around more to it every day. I'm not so sure Detroit would have a lock on Jack Hughes if it had been in place this season. Uh, at the they would have. They would have. They'd have it. It's theirs. There's not even a debate. It's theirs. At the New Damn Year's, it. St. Louis was dead last in the league. Who's to say the gold plan wouldn't have changed the trajectory of their season? I can hear Brad rolling his eyes at me right now. Yeah, well, he got there. Uh, my next point, the gold plan won't prevent tanking. It just pushes tanking up earlier in the year. Does the NHL prefer teams to tank between Christmas and St. Paddy's Day or at the end of the year? When so, are TV ratings more valuable? So I'm going to make one counterpoint to this, too. Now, let me preface it by saying the NHL needs to go to the three-point system because the current point system is stupid. But the one benefit that this point system has is no team is out of it by Christmas for the most part. No. It takes a long time to yeah. mathematically eliminate Yeah, no team's really going to look at their team and go, that's it, we're done until late January, February. The Red Wings were still going for it in December, but we knew. 
We all knew, but the Red Wings weren't taking that approach. Teams don't actively try to tank until the last damned minute. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think, yeah, you will see that stretch from late January till just after the trade deadline where teams are like, okay, let's start trying some rookies and some backup goaltenders and yada, yada, yada. But right now, I as a Red Wings fan have been kind of sort of rooting for losses since December. If you can give me even one more month of the season where I'm not, I'm happy. Uh, also remember that it's a bad business move to lose. Losing is bad for business. NHL is a business. They are a for-profit business. These owners want to make money. And especially in markets that are not so hot in terms of revenue, those markets maybe might tend to be bad hockey teams. They cannot afford to be lo- intentionally losing. Um, so Steve's gone now. So apologies for those of you who didn't get your questions in. It, w- it, it, it was like 11 p.m. when he left. So um, we did have to let the poor guy go. Steve, uh, thanks for coming on the Tub Dub and being here today. Well, I would love for you to dissect the entirety of the Red Wings organization and gaze into your crystal ball for us. I'll keep this brief. What do you think uh, have been the Red Wings organization's three biggest mistakes in the post-Bowman era? And what would you have done differently? All right. Three biggest mistakes, Brad. Letting Eisman walk. The abdicator contract. Chris Osgood goading Max Talbot with his glove hand. <laughs> um, how can I turn this into a joke just to emphasize the point? If I was in a room with Hitler, Stalin, and Abdelkader's contract, and I had a gun with two bullets, I'd shoot Abdelkader's contract twice. I really thought you were going to twist and just say you'd shoot yourself twice. <laughs> Uh, do you guys follow Greg Krupa on Twitter? Of course, we love Greg. Yeah, he was. Uh, we've been ta- trying to get him on the podcast, but um, due to some contractual things with his employer, he can't. No, but Gre- like we are retweeting each other all the time. Yeah, oh yeah, Krupa interacts with us more than any other beat writer. Yeah, actually, he's the only beat writer that interacts with. Well, sorry, I guess Max. We counts. have Max. Max counts. Max isn't on the beat. Max is on the athletic. That's the national stage. Fair point. No, yeah, Greg's great. Uh, thanks, guys. If anyone out there is wondering, Ryan is a top dude in person. <laughs> thanks again, man. Uh, Ryan, what did you rate here? <laughs> uh, Founders, three best beers. One, Dirty Bastard Scotch-style ale. Number oh, two. Scotch-style ale, yes. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, remind I me. I will forget that tomorrow, but we're going to be at Founders tomorrow. Yeah. Remind me, because that sounds delicious. Uh, oh, stay tuned for details about that, even though it's in like... 3 p.m. Founders tomorrow. Yeah. And if you're listening to it tomorrow, too damn bad. Uh, robust Porter, world's third best Porter via rate beer. Wow. And all day IPA session ale. Stay fresh, cheese bags. I'm not a big IPA guy, but I'm definitely having those first two. Um, oh man, they do this thing where they nitro the beer, which it just turns it like so smooth, silky smooth. Mm. I was talking with Max and my two buddies and we just got another round and I was at the bottom of my beer when they had barely taken a sip. Is Max coming out tomorrow? Uh, I'm not sure. He might be busy. It's the last game of the year and all. Yeah, but I'll shoot him a message. Yeah, shoot him. Um, Chris Clark says, "Hey boys, with the wings playing great lately in Mantha, Burt Larkin absolutely tearing it up. The gold plan seems pretty great right about now. My question for you guys is, how are you planning to prevent yourselves from absolutely losing it when the gold plan goes into place and the wings inevitably finish with the worst record in the league? Funny story. I texted Brad uh, yesterday or the day before saying, "Hey, should we put padding up on your walls in case the Red Wings win the lottery? Because we'll throw shit." <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Uh, so probably something similar for positive and negative outcomes usually get the, the same results from us. 
Um, Joshua Bzura says, uh, hey, boys, the op- this opening comment is sure to enrage three quarters of the room or in the likely event that Evans hangover has been uh, having aftershock effects, two thirds, you are correct. Uh, but the Leafs have always been my second favorite team. You can imagine that this episode would be particularly exciting for me with that in mind. Anyways, my question is with Edmonton inevitably getting Hughes slash Kako, I've directed a lot of my hope to our top line. <laughs> What do you think the odds are that they stick together? I actually heard the good old naked goalie making some reassuring comments, so I think it might be possible. Also, out of Zadina, Valeno, Hiroshi, our first rounder this year, Chalosky, Hironik, and Rasmussen, who are most likely to make slash not make the team long-term next year. Thanks again, and I can't wait for us to be playing Toronto in round one in five years. We can all scream together when we somehow both lose to Boston. So that list of players, make it or not make it. Zadina? Yes. Valeno? No. Hiroshi? Uh, first rounder this year. Nope. Unless it's uh, preface, unless it's Kako or Hughes. Cholosky. Yep. Hronik. Yep. Rasmussen. Nope. I agreed with everything besides Rasmussen. I think Rasmussen plays more games in Detroit than not. Based on, well, once he'll be the first call once injuries happen, but you have to think like we've went over the roster numerous times. The only way he makes a team is if one of Svechnikov or Hiroshi doesn't. And Svechnikov's not waiver exempt, so he how long, is, how long are N and De La Rose on on deck for? Uh, N next year for sure. I don't know about De La Rose. Witkowski's up, right? Witkowski's done, but they've been deploying him at defense, so whatever. Um, yeah, Josh. Hope you uh, enjoyed the crossover. For those of you who didn't get your questions in for Steve, know that like he had a blast doing this. He's going to listen, so your your comments will be heard. And where we had some chats after about some fun ideas with the uh, STP in the future, so. Stay tuned. Um, Chris Canal says, greetings, Stephen. Welcome to the Dub Dub. Uh, I really enjoyed your LFRs and your podcast, especially when you rant about the Oilers and Sens. I find it genuinely funny seeing how pissed off you get talking about them and knowing your level of fandom of the Leafs. As for the regulars, form, uh, from listening to the pod, the draft podcast, it seems like Kenny and Draper seem very hot to trot on Zegras. So if the Wings get the third pick, do you think they will pick him over Pod Colson? A++ work as always, guys. Have a good one. Uh, would not shock me and I would not hate it. I'm, I don't think there's a huge gap between them. If they want Zegers, do they not trade down then? No. No. Trading down in the top 10 is an impossible task because teams yeah. are like, yeah, well, we like both those guys too, so why are we going to give you an extra asset, right? So it's rare. I wouldn't bet on it. Um, now, that being said, positionally speaking, Zegers would be more beneficial because he is a center, whereas Pot Colson's a winger. So uh, the the Bob McKenzie had his... Uh, top 15 his last list that he'll release until the one right before the draft out and it was funny because uh one a scout made a comment that he doesn't believe that either hughes or kako are likely to be superstars but instead just really really good players well they did they did preface by saying that jack hughes could be patrick kane or clayton keller yeah which i but clayton keller was his basement so i'll take that um and they also really reaffirmed what maybe some other lists have been shying away from which is that pod colson has solidified himself as a solid third and then another gap before the rest of them yeah uh, the iss rankings came out and um the international space station obviously is very invested in hockey um <laughs> they had pot they had uh bowen byram at three, at three which i thought was interesting I was, I'm coming up on Byram from where I was just because even when you look at where Bowen Byram's stats are, they're not that far behind Krebs and Doc. And Byram's a defenseman. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like this isn't just like relative. This is just raw numbers. He has all. He has more goals than Doc, and he has almost as much points as both of them. Fair, and we also don't want to sleep on the best defenseman in the draft two years in a row. The second best defenseman in the draft. This is true. I, I still think center should be the priority. Yeah, hundred percent. If they value Trevor Zegers and Bowen Byram a hundred percent equally, I'm taking Zegers. Um, right now, again, that might look like an idiotic decision ten years from now, but we're trending back to an offensive league. If you're if you're a Red Wings fan, honestly, like yeah, we want Hughes, we want Kako. The lottery is what it is. Things are kind of nice right now. Doc, Zegris, Turcotte. There's a lot of, and if not one of those three guys, it means we got an, like a Byram or an insane winger. There's a lot to be had in the range where Detroit's gonna be picking. Yep. Yeah, it's it's we're we're over exaggerating the problem of Detroit dropping three spots. Still a problem, but we're making it. We for. Obviously, entertainment purposes, we're making it sound like, oh, my God, the world is falling. Realistically, if we go from Zegers to a dock, for all we know, that's we're giving up on an 80-point score to get a 75-point score. Yeah. So things are going to be all right. Um, with that, we're going to wrap up. Uh, want to talk about a couple things first. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, you're probably listening to this on Saturday, maybe even later, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're going to be in uh, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> Uh, Founders Beer Company uh, on Charlotte Street, very close to the arena. You can see the arena from there. Um, we'll be there up until about 5.30. We'll have some beers for you guys. Obviously, you get your own food and your drinks as well. Uh, we'll have some swag to give away. We'll walk over to the game together, um, and uh, we'll enjoy the last game of the year together. Um, and you use the term enjoy loosely there, right? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. Tuesday- I'm cheering for chaos. I want 9-8. Tuesday, Tuesday, April 9th, uh, Steve's book comes out as uh, Steve's audio book comes out. Also, the draft lottery. We'll, we will be hosting a live stream uh, open to everyone. We want you all to be uh, with us. So you're going to be watching us watch along and we'll we'll interact with the comments as well. We'll put up a link on Twitter and on Patreon and everywhere else uh, closer to. Um, and then we're going to be recording an episode right after. So that episode's going to be, well, depending on what happens in the draft lottery, draft lottery reaction season postmortem for the Red Wings. It's going to be our season and review episode, and that's coming Tuesday night. Probably late. It's going to be a late night like this one. And then uh, that'll be that'll tr- be treated as our midweek episode, and then we'll be back the Sunday after. So that's what we got on deck. That's why. So this is, even though this is Friday, this is the Sunday episode, and next Tuesday will be the midweek episode. And with that, I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters, especially our name-level sponsors, Sky Carcass, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, uh, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Kalen Wood, Charlie Elkins, Stan Olson, uh, Ryan Lewis, uh, Dan Bell, Hannah Lee, and Ryan Alant, Ryan Alant, who is a new name level sponsor. So welcome. Uh, thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow. We will see you Tuesday. We will see you for the rest of your lives. You can never get us. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at wingedwheelpod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.